1935, the Lions win the NFL championship. The Detroit Tigers take the World Series. The Red Wings bring home Lord Stanley's Cup. Joe Lewis begins his rise to world domination. This transforms the Motor City into Detroit, City of Champions. <laughs> All right. One more time. Anchors away. It's uh, Detroit City of Champions, the podcast. I'm Jamie Flanagan. Charles Avison. And we are uh, swimming around in the uh, story of Gar Wood and uh, all the stories from 1935. Lions, Tigers, Red Wings, Walter Hagen. We're getting to Walter Hagen next. That's Sukar, the next episode. Yeah. Uh, we got one more episode. Joe Lewis. Yeah, oh, yeah. We've been doing it. Yeah, man. And, this is, uh, we've been, the, the cool thing about the City of Champions story, well, I mean, one of one of the things. Yeah. I have to say the, because there's right, so many... So many great but things. But the thing about it is this is like, this is a tour through every sport. It's right. a tour through every, literally every sport. Like and we've been through, we've been through the history of hockey, the history, like we didn't really do too much of the history of baseball, I guess. Yeah. History of football. Right. History of hockey. History of speedball racing, for God's sake. The history of boxing. Yeah. We're about to, next week, we're about to get into the history of golf with Walter Hagen. I mean, we're talking about literally golf, you know, uh, Walter Hagen was professional golf yeah. he is profession the birth of professional golf yeah. personified and what's crazy is all of these subjects are detroit they all infuse into the city of champions yeah. season it's crazy yeah. like you're, it's wait till we go all the way through to the end when we've got like every literally every we're talking about fencing diving swimming we're talking about everything yeah. i'm a little sad though and you, yeah. you kind of you said that and i'm like oh no, i was gonna say yeah. exactly that in about 30 seconds uh, a little sad because I've enjoyed Garwood's story. Garwood's amazing. So I much. Told, I remember at the beginning of this, I'm like, I, I'm so excited to talk about Garwood <laughs> this, because yeah. his story is my favorite story of them all. The story has been, it's not to diminish the other ones because there's some great stories. Yeah. But my, but I mean, I mean, if you like the Garwood story is just so incredible and the, and like, we're the only ones that are telling it. Yeah. We're the only ones. Search YouTube and find anybody else that's doing any kind of an in-depth look at the history of Garwood. No. There's nothing out nothing. there. I mean, there's a ton. What's, what's interesting, though, is is there's a ton of great little videos. There's probably more video content for Garwood right. as far as, like, his boats. Like, I mean, they've got every boat all the way back to the first uh, uh, Miss America. Yeah. I mean, I saw I watched today, uh, a 1933, the Harmsworth Race 1933 clip today. They got some great little clips on there yeah. on, on Garwood and the boats and stuff. So, so even though there's not really any, you know, like you know, full on stories of it, you know, um, there's some great little clips. But we're the only ones out there talking this, telling the story, and it's yeah. a phenomenal story. As anybody that's been following along, um, you know, can hopefully, you know, hopefully uh, agrees with us. You yeah. Know? So I yeah I'm I'm just a little sad but uh, uh, I'm excited. Uh, but we've for this done last justice chapter. to him. We've I done think ju- so very much. I so. think we've totally done justice to the yeah. Garwood section. We've yeah, taken yeah. our time. We've gone through it, you know, and um, yeah, I, I I you know like I say I, that was one of the things I wanted to make sure we did justice to this story because mm-hmm. it's so underreported. When I first started the City of Champions project. You know, I started with the Tigers, Lions, Red Wings. I knew nothing about jo- Joe Lewis. I knew nothing about his even contributions in in this in this nineteen thirty five season, mm-hmm. and I certainly didn't know about Gar Wood. Right. I had no idea. Yeah. Even when I wrote the first book, that's when I first started getting little glimpses of how big he was. But you know, when I when you really start to you know, I started when I started when I did the players, the second two books, and I started diving into the stories of who Garwood was and just how big he was, it was like, oh, yeah. my God, this guy is absolutely monumental. You and know? the races attended were uh, arguably the, the yeah. largest gathering of people for a sporting event 
in history. We could make a case. We already did make a case. We could, but you know, we could actually go to the Guinness Book of World Records or any major case and literally put down a case that, that might be says fun. that might be fun to do. Yeah, we could. We that could make a case that this was the that, that this Detroit was the, should own that. That this is one, this is one of, if not the largest sporting events in the history of the world. I mean, yeah. you could make that case. We I mean, we already did. We made yeah. a you know rudimentary case. Yep. But you know, there's but like what else? You I mean year after year, they're like. The largest, you know, five hundred thousand, six hundred thousand, you know, whatever. There's, you know, there's boats filling up the the race courses. You know, it's just, you know, it, it's just so many people for this thing. So, you know, in its day, it was just, the, you know, the biggest thing out. So, um, the last episode we went on for like an hour and ten minutes, and so I cut so yeah, it into two. It's probably, probably a good idea. Yeah, <laughs> I got yeah. that last one into two. Uh, we'll see how the how today flows out. Do you got it mapped out for uh, one or two episodes? I think on we're this? I think we're good with one. Okay, I think we're good with one. We'll see. I mean, you know, fair see enough. How it looks. I see mean, how, we can just break it see up how, again. How long we meander on this? Yeah, one? we can we can break it up if we have to. I like know? that we we've done that because we we've did fifteen episodes on Gar Wood. I think we did ten on the Tigers. Yeah, <laughs> well, that's what I mean. We're, we're kind of getting our we're figuring yeah. it out. We're Figuring out well, when as we, we first go. started doing it, as I'm saying, we were, you know, we were just catching our, yeah, we were just getting our feet going. How deep do we go? And yeah, and, yeah. yeah. I mean, we so. do. We were covering an entire season in like a day. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> With the World Series, we covered yeah. like an entire World Series in a day. Yeah. So yeah, no, we'll get we'll 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 get back to the Tigers. Oh and sure, we'll, yeah. We'll, because because there's more to tell. There's because, well, more totally. To tell. And what's kind of cool is is that we can actually when we go to the Tigers, we can do a little bit more into the history of baseball mm-hmm. and Detroit's role in the history of the game. That 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 would be really fun. And I'd the, love to, the, I, there's a big thing right now in Hamtramck and reviving um, the stadium where the Negro oh, yeah. baseball. I know the guys plays. that run it. Yeah, yeah. Those are the same guys that did the Tigers the uh, Tiger Stadium. They're yeah. the Navenfield's ground crew over at Tiger Stadium. Yeah, it's um, cool. The the little pieces of history they're preserving over yeah. there. It's uh, it's very very cool. Yeah, yeah. No, they're doing they're doing they're doing a great job over there too. From all the pictures I've seen. Uh, so where did we? The last time was the Mad Men, right? It was uh, yeah. Well, the, we talked about the Madman's Dream, the, you know, yeah. which is the nickname for the boat. You know, it's it's, it's kind of cool because the Mad Men, they go the Madman's Dream, but it was also you know it's it's you know it's the nickname for the Miss America Ten, but at the same time. You know, it's re- it's a total reference to Gar Wood himself because he's the madman, and this yeah. is his dream. You know, like yeah. this is, you know, it's the, and they and they had it, and it, and uh, so and anybody, I, I I watched it today. If you go and look up, because we're today we're gonna be talking about the uh, nineteen uh, Gar Wood's last Harmsworth race, which is nineteen thirty three, and uh, and if anybody just is a if anybody wants to see that Miss America ten in in incredible action, there is if you just do a, a YouTube search for nineteen thirty three. Harmsworth race. Yeah. They ha- it's like a th- it's like a three to five minute video. I forgot what it is. Something around there. And yeah. they have it's just the one of the most amazing videos. It's got the Miss America Ten mm-hmm. in full glory, dude, going around Lake St. Clair. Just they they show it. There's no. I mean, it's just it is such a beast. It's got the yeah. engine roar. Yeah. I mean, this thing it is. It's a great video. I think there's like. A hundred people that have watched it or something, right, but right. it's such a sweet video, man. We'll have to link it. Uh, yeah, send yeah. me that link. We'll link it yeah. in the uh, in the notes, the show notes. Yeah. So where we left folks off, to find it. Yeah. So where we left off, we talked about how you know leading up. So the nineteen thirty one, you know, the thirty one and thirty two, the Harmsworth races. You know, those were you know we had we remember we had the whole sort of story with like Seagrave, where Seagrave was this national hero to England. Mm-hmm. He died at the moment of setting the world record for speed on water, and then it just totally galvanized the the British public. It galvanized Lord Wakefield. 
Um, it galvanized Rolls Royce. It galvanized the British Admiralty. Like everybody, were like we are going to win this yeah. Harmsworth for Seagrave. So it was like a national effort by yeah. Britain. And they and at the time they owned the Schneider Cup, which was the like basically like the Harmsworth Trophy for the air. Okay. You know, for 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 the like the best plane. And uh, and then in Seagrave had the the world record for speed on land. So the British were masters of sea and or of, I'm sorry of land and air. Mm-hmm. And all they needed was the was the you know the Harmsworth for land, yeah. sea, and air. So they would need it for it to be superior in everything. I don't think so. And so all of it, you know, there was just this massive effort to try to win this. And so at 31 and 30, you know, you know 31 and 32, you know, they lose. They lose both of them. Right. In this Miss America, you know, 31, they called it the Yankee trick. You know, with Garwood kind of disqual got Kadon disqualified and yeah. that. And then thirty-two, he just he just had this ridiculous Miss America ten bolt, which planed at the last second right. through like a miracle. And then you know, and then uh, you know, they went through twelve days of hell to get it patched up and rebuilt and tear. You know, as Garwood does. Uh. And so, anyways, and then they went on, of course, to win the thirty-two Harmsworth. And so, and so, what I'm trying to get at here is that the effect of Garwood winning the thirty-two Harmsworth mm-hmm. had basically like the polar opposite effect is is the death of Seagrave. Mm. So whereas like the entire British everybody in Britain was galvanized after Seagrave's death. This is it, we're doing it. But after the thirty-two Harmsworth, it was reversed and everybody was just done. Right. They were just like, we're done. Like there Garwood is never gonna be beaten. Like, did you see the boat he just built? Did you see the boat he just built? That's why I was like saying it. Go to this video. As, as a matter of fact, we did. <laughs> like, did you anybody we, see this we boat? We were trying boat? to climb in it and they yeah. were stopping us. Yeah, this boat, they're like, did anybody see this boat that they just built? They're like, Garwood is not coming off of this trophy, and we're just embarrassing ourselves by mm-hmm. trying to win this. And so, it, and so, in essence, it just completely, you know, it just demoralized them. Right. I mean, it just, I mean, total and utter demoralization because all of them backed Excellent. out. They all backed <laughs> out. So, Lord Wakefield, Lord Wakefield. But then, again, the problem of, of competition. There, yeah, yeah. He just he, so Gar Wood. That's what I'm saying. Gar Wood. He was all excited because he's like, now I got some competition. I'm yeah. just going to destroy them now. Yeah. You know, like, so he just took, so he he you know he demoralizes opponents. And so Wakefield ceases to have any ceases to have anything to do with the races. Uh, He's totally done. And then Rolls Royce, they are totally done. Right. They want they're not they don't even want their engines to be used in the races oh. because for the fear of that they're it's like making their company look bad that they keep losing to Packard in America. Uh-huh. So they don't even want to they don't even you know they don't even want to they don't want, won't even let anybody use their engines Dang. anymore for racing. And so in Kadon, of course, you know Kadon, you know he's the the driver. Yeah. And Kadon is is you know he his peak of fame was thirty one, thirty two, and he's like the center, you know, the driver of moving of driving these boats and that. And then Kadon's basically done too. Like his fame just starts to disappear. Yeah. You know, he's the guy that lost to Garwood, and you know his moment in the sun was sort of eclipsed. You know, so um, so it's done. So and so Garwood, of course, you know is the you know wins his, this is yeah, thirty two Harmsworth is eighth consecutive Harmsworth without a defeat. <laughs> so it's eighth consecutive. So anyways, um, uh, so anyways, so so it kind of takes us up into um, into to the, to the next to the following year, nineteen thirty three. The nineteen thirty three uh-huh. Harmsworth, as I sort of uh, alluded to with right. the you know with the video. Um, so Garwood, so the, so it leads us into thirty three and the in. And it's an incredible irony, okay? It's mm. this incredible irony because because the guy who would challenge Garwood in 1933, his name was Hubert Scott Payne, mm. okay? And the irony is is that if Hubert Scott Payne would have had the support of Rolls-Royce 
and even Lord Wakefield. That Lord Wakefield wasn't as important as Rolls Royce, but if he would have had support of Rolls Royce, right. the, to get these and you know these these awesome engines, he might have been able to do it. This was the best. This was the best competition Garwood had of all the races, mm. and he was underfunded. He was under you know utilized, and and this guy, this guy's something else. And bring he, the pain. Yeah, and so he and, and so anyways, just a, just a brief sort of aside about Hubert Scott Payne. Yeah, this is the guy that built the Miss England one that Seagrave was driving and setting records. Oh, and, you wow, know, reinvigorate. Okay. That's the boat that beat Garwood. Yeah. in in um in the Venice Regatta, in nineteen twenty nine. So right. Miss England one is the boat that um that so Hubert Scott, Scott Payne built this. And like I didn't really dive too deep into him when I was writing these books, but today yeah. I just kind of went down. On the rabbit hole a little bit with yeah, him. Yeah. I'm telling you, man, this guy, like, it's, we're not going to really get too into him today, but anybody that, you know, like, this, he, he's one of these people that deserves his own episode. Something like down the road, maybe we can talk about him or something, but, um, Hewer Scott Payne is just like, he's fascinating, man. Like, this guy was like an um, engineering genius. Mm. And this, like, you know, again, he built the Miss England one, but, he even before that, like this is the, if anybody's familiar with the name with the Supermarine, the company called Supermarine. Okay, they're the ones that they're the most famous thing they're known for is building the Supermarine Spitfire, which was like one of the planes that you know won the Battle of Britain in World War II. The Spitfire is a legendary aircraft, and so anyways, he founded Supermarine. Okay, he founded it. All right, like he had sold it by the time that they developed the Spitfire, but he but he was involved with all kinds sure. of stuff with like with them that are in development. He had his hands in everything. Yeah. This is the guy if you're familiar with the PT boat. Yeah. Yeah. That they use in World War II. The most famous thing was John F. Kennedy yeah, yeah. in his PT boat. Right. He he designed and built that oh, wow, with okay. his company over in England. That was an English design. That oh. Americans were buying those from them, and so and so he designed those PT boats. This guy he was he was building, and then they were putting Packard engines in them. It must have been yeah, but yeah. he but he it was his design okay. that built those boats, and so. Um, and so I, maybe the maybe the Americans might have mass produced them or whatever, but it was his they original designed, design, yeah, yeah. yeah. And so, anyways, and so there's just a, there's a ton of stuff with this guy, man. I wow. mean, there's just so many different things, and um, and he, and he like one of the planes he built and that Supermarine built, um, won the 1922 Schneider Air Race, you know, okay. championship. So like this guy, I mean, he he was building all these aircraft that were like you know the the kind of with the pontoons on the you know the the aircraft that lands yeah, in the water. Yeah, yeah. He was building these things, you know, those are things he was building in the 1920s and that. I mean, this guy, this his, you know, this guy is a major player in the world of engineering and boats and aircraft and cars and all. I mean, this guy was a major big deal. So that's what I'm saying. I just kind of like saw that today. Like I didn't really, again, I didn't really dive too much into when I was writing the book. But um, but God, I'm just, you're just looking at it going, man. This guy is, you know, he was a big deal, and so, and that's what's kind of crazy. It shows you when you know that, that this guy. I mean, this is a, I mean, this is a, a major figure at that time, in the world of engineering, and for this guy to, basically, be shut out from Rolls Royce. Yeah. Saying, "Hey, Rolls Royce, I need an engine sort because I'm going to go challenge Gar Wood," and they're like, like nah. "No, no, we refuse to let you use one of our engines. Yeah, we don't." Thanks. He's like, "Thanks a lot," you know. So that's what I'm saying. Like that's how that's how um, demoralized they were. Wow. Was that this engineering genius of his day right, right. was denied by Rolls Royce? Like, no, you, as good as you are, you still don't have a chance. You know, uh-huh. like that's how it was. And so, so he, so without the, um, so anyways, without the ability to use a Rolls Royce, he had to go back to the old Napier Napier Lions engine, mm. what they were using in like the original, 
you know, in some of these original boats. So, put, 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 so put, no, I mean, it wasn't that <laughs> slow. It was, it was still a good engine, but it wasn't what those Rolls Royces right, were, right. you know? Yeah, those were monsters. Yeah, Rolls Royce with the superchargers and all that on there. I mean, the Rolls Royce things were, were top of the line. Mm-hmm. I mean, they were better than the Packards. So, um, so yeah, so without, you know, so that's what, so he was, so he had, you know, he's fighting with one arm tied behind his back without those. Um, and so he ended up finding like a, he was, I mean, he was a fairly wealthy guy, but he found an even wealthier person to help back him, which is her name was Lady Fanny Houston. And, uh, and so, and so the, the, again, the, the engine that he used was a Napier Lions engine and the, and it was a 1,375 horsepower and the boat he was going to race was called the Miss America, I'm sorry, Miss Britain three. So it was, okay. so the 1933 Harmsworth was between the Miss America 10 and the Miss Britain three. So so let's just just to, you know re, just to, as a refresher the the uh, Napier Lions engine you know, you know is thirteen is one thousand three hundred seventy five horsepower in the in the reminder actually I was going to say is the is the Miss America ten sixty eight hundred horsepower Jeez. so so the Miss America ten four engines you know which really was combined to make two super engines right yeah <laughs> right sixty eight hundred horsepower versus a Napier one Na- one single Napier Lions engine of thirteen seventy five yeah so just on sheer power right it's not even in the same solar system but we got uh, you had this picture yes. of of pain and uh, there's a a, a draw it's almost like a sketch mm-hmm. a, a drawing. Um, and is that his boat? That's the boat, the Miss Britain Three. That looks much smaller, fierce. It, oh, it looks super fierce. They, that thing's still around too. That's in yeah. the. Uh, it's in the. I think it's the London Museum of uh, of of science. I think. So that uh, he was he was he was winning the engineering. Yeah. Well. So so anyway. So so the boat was what I was leading up to was is that. He, st- he, he was he dramatically give, yeah. overweight as far as the 6800. You know, Garwood had 6800 yeah. horsepower. He had 1375, which at, at at first glance is like he he's out no chance. Yeah, totally. But so, but but the thing about it is, is that the engine size is really you know it's the, what's also important is the weight of your boat. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. so what? So he was going with the idea that he might only have a 1375 horsepower, but if he lightens his boat up and has a smaller craft. That he could be, that he could out, you know, he could beat Garwood just by the differential. Sure. And so, in fact, it's all math, and man. that's why he gave Garwood such a run was because because the Miss America ten nine tons. Jesus, that boat is nine. It is tons. It's gargantuan. It's gargantuan. We're sitting in front of that thing. I know. And when you see it in that race, the nineteen thirty three race yeah, film, yeah. it is a you. It's even bigger. I'm telling you, somehow it looks bigger when it's ripping through the Jeez. water. It's just so big. It's so it's a it's a, so Garwood's got sixty eight hundred horsepower. It pushing nine tons, right? <laughs> That's a lot. Yeah, That's a and lot. so the Miss Britain three is only one point five tons. Okay. So it's a huge difference. Some of the right, engine right. size might be huge, but it's a huge differential. Right. So so when you divide that up, yeah, yeah. So what that means is is each horse. So for the Miss America ten, each in essence, each horse was pulling two point six pounds. For the Miss Britain three, each horse was only pushing was only pulling two point four pounds. Okay, so the, so, so you got a so race. He's got a race. You yeah, you got a race. You got a race here. Yeah, 
So, but the you know the, the this the idea of the smaller boat had been tried before in previous Harmsworth, mm-hmm. but people didn't think that they could that that was a but it had failed every time because the the usually the I mean the race was like a you know was was a rugged race you had to yeah. do like seven seven laps around like mile tracks yeah. it was a huge I mean it was an, it was endurance as much as anything yeah. and so those smaller boats had usually been beaten up and torn apart and so but his boats made of made of metal oh like so this boat is yeah. like I mean it looks like the monitor you know for the you yeah know, the monitor from from the Civil War. I mean, it's, right, right. it looks like it has like a turret on it. <laughs> so it's just a metal. It's yeah. It's just like a metal tube. It's okay. got like a rocket on the back. All right. So any. So I mean. So he's got. He's ready to make a run. I mean, this is an engineering genius with a boat that he builds, which is has got more. You know, less pounds per horse than Garwood's Miss America Ten. Mm-hmm. And so, anyway, so I'm gonna, so I'm going to read the quote of the race real quick. This is actually a fairly short one. Is this coming you out know, of Speedboat Kings again? Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. So this is the, this right is now? so this is the last quote we got out of Speedboat Kings. We're right. going to be closing the book on Jay Lee Barrett, but he's. He will not be. I don't think we he'll be forgotten. We've had a good run. Absolutely, with Jay, Lee, Jay Lee Barrett. Like, I mean, he's going to be. He's pushing his like top friggin' writer of this entire show. <laughs> oh, I yeah, mean, is yes. he not? I mean, oh, he's, for sure. That's what I'm saying. His book is just amazing. So this is the last. So we'll say we'll we'll say farewell to Jay Lee Barrett with this with this you know fairly short quote, but uh, a good one I think. So um so so this is the 19. This is a little summary of the 1933 Harmsworth Trophy race. So. At times, the English boat spurted at 110 miles an hour down the straightaway. Wood was sorely pressed in every lap, in every heat. If Wood and Johnson had 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 any trouble with their boat at all, Scott Payne would have beaten them. But not at any time in either of the two heats did the daring red-headed Englishman have the lead. Wood's four powerful engines droned perfectly. His boat was leveling off and planing at just the correct angle. But even with that perfect performance, the English driver crowded him all the way taking the buoys almost at top speed, driving a daring, reckless race and giving his tiny metal craft everything it had. The movie cameras showed that on the back stretch of the second lap, Miss Britain 3 went clear out of the water, but Scott Payne kept his thr- throttles open regardless. He pounded his engine so hard that he had to have a new engine for the second heat. The 100,000 spectators at the race had never seen a greater demonstration of courage and expert boat handling as Scott Payne and his mechanic Gordon Thomas gave. They gave Wood the biggest scare he's ever had in these races. Many believe that if Scott Payne could have used the Rolls-Royce engines as he wanted to, the British International Trophy would today be under the custody of Royal Motor Club, Royal Motor Yacht Club London instead of the Detroit Yacht Club Detroit. Uh, so he gave. So that's the irony is he, yeah. he would have. It was at that last moment that if he had access to you know Jay Lee Barrett saying if he had access to those Rolls Royces, that's the American guy saying. Yeah, yeah he it could have been a different he, story. He might have had us. That was uh, that was not a that was not a walk in the park. Not at all. So, so. he gave them their toughest race, and it's the last one that you know they would race. So. Yeah. So. so at that point, the, the Harmsworth challenges just ceased, and then so there were no because you you would have to challenge, right? So Gar kept yeah. the trophy, and someone would have to challenge it for the trophy, and just no one ever challenged again. No, well, see, that's, that that was the, like sort of my next little, uh, couple notes here. So this was Gar Woods' ninth Harmsworth. Yeah. And so that so he would be challenged, really, you know, three more times, um, as far as I could find, anyways. Okay. Um, and so. So the, again, that was nineteen. That was the summer nineteen thirty three when he mm-hmm. raced that that um that you know that that uh, that ninth Harmsworth. And so November twenty first, nineteen thirty four, he was challenged. He was challenged to a rematch by Hubert Scott Payne. Yeah. And so he so he was challenged for to race in nineteen thirty five, 
And so, but the Miss Britain four never made it back across, made it to the, across the Atlantic back to Detroit. Uh, so it never. So he challenged them for a 1935 race. Didn't happen. Never showed. He couldn't. You know, he just whatever for whatever Funding reason he couldn't get there. Who knows? Who knows? Right. Yeah. Well, uh, what year was it? So that was November. So he was challenged on November 21st, 1934, for the for the following summer. You know, 1935. Yeah. So yeah. he would have been. So the so the the challenge was issued. When the when the, you know shortly after the Tigers had just finished the World Series, right. the Lions were still playing football. You know, in, in their in their inaugural season, um, that was when the challenge came over. So this is the challenge is issue in the middle of all. It's that. all in the right dead center. But yeah, and so the, and if he would have raised, it would have been in the next following year, like in the you know you know during the Tigers season, oh, it would have been dang. raced again. Yeah, and so he didn't race, and so and then, and then August eighteenth, nineteen thirty five, shortly before the Tigers. We're about to go to the World Series. They yeah. were just finishing up the pennant. Yeah. And uh, Lions were, I believe, just beginning August, September. I think they were just about to begin play. Um, more, a guy named Maurice, Vass- Maurice Vasser, he's a French guy, so he issued a French challenge. So, no, so August 18th, 1935, another challenge comes out. Right. And he, no, and he doesn't show up either. Ugh. So there's two challenges, and so then, and then shortly thereafter, just a couple weeks later, September 1st, 1935, Mussolini offers a fifty thousand dollar prize to anyone that could beat Garwood, <laughs> and that, that no, nothing ever materialized out of it. Those right. were the three. Those are the three things I could find regarding challenges, especially in 35. I mean, there there might have been a couple other ones that I did, you know, that I didn't see in 36 or 37 or something like this. So I don't want to say it was officially the last challenges. Sure. But those were the challenges that came across in 34, 35. But what's interesting is, is that yeah. in the papers, they mention rumors of Gar Wood building a Miss America 11. Oh. And so, <laughs> so it's, is it really any wonder why the 30, yeah, the, they're like, hey, I challenge you. I challenge you, right? And, he's like, and then he goes. Because he's Gar was one to take lessons and learn. Yes. So the 11 may not have been bigger, right? He might have done a Hubert Scott Payne. He might have taken, okay, we got these two engines running in tandem. How about we take, instead of four, just two of them, yeah. we can make the boat that much smaller, make it out of metal, and go yeah. crazy. He could, Yeah, he could have done that. You or know, he, who or, knows what it was. Or he could have strapped another, uh, <laughs> it had a six-engine boat. Who knows? It had like a freaking 15-ton you know, so First uh, rocket uh, yeah, first technology. Rocket. Yeah, it not only can race to the river, but it can also go into space. Yeah. You just got to put a little extra fin on the side. When well, these guys not showing up. I mean, and what we've learned from these well, would you r- these show up races. When you, when you, would you show up when you hear rumors of a Miss America 11 right. game, Bill? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Would you, you're like, dude, you're losing money. Yeah. You're losing. You're, this is a waste of these guys. The guy wants you to challenge him. Well, and the other thing is what we learned that because uh, they, they, they build these boats and then they test these boats. And sometimes the tests don't go well. No, they go terribly. They're, and they so go, they, 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 made, they may have built these boats and then tested them and just blew them up and it's like ah oh, crap yeah, we, we mean, have no boat to go race yeah. you know who knows but yeah. uh, you know it could be but, I'm could, saying, but I speculate it's, any, that, it's just uh, yeah, we it don't want to sh- bad, show bad face or um, yeah Miss America like they, they'd already Rolls Royce Wakefield these everybody are the, giving up they'd already given up yeah. they're like this is done dude You're it's America baby yeah, Gar, they're like, don't mess with this, us. This guy is insane. He's building so, a Miss America 11 now, too. You really want to go waste your money in that? You want to talk guy? about made in Detroit. Yeah, this is the ultimate, you know? Yeah. So, 
So we anyways, rework that made Detroit logo with a boat. With yeah, Gar. That's what I'm Gar saying. Like this guy should be front center. So I was. So there I, should be monuments to him. There should. Well, there. Well, I've got a photo. We've got a photo. Yeah. <laughs> no. Yeah. Just... Okay. You're, you're foreshadowing. <laughs> you're foreshadowing. You're, it's a that's a lead in. Yeah. <laughs> there is a so Sean, bring him up. Don't anybody that's watching. Uh, don't. Uh, so yeah, people that join us on uh, Facebook and YouTube, yeah, they get to see uh, some of the imagery that goes along with these. Uh, and up in uh, Algonac, right? These are over these are a statue in Algonac. Algonac yeah, this it's is, uh, Chris Smith uh, from Chris Craft, Chris Smith, who so helped build the first. And that's boats. who we started out the story with was yeah. the story of Chris Smith. And then we finished. You know, of course, you know he was he played a few. You know, he was in it the first. You know, four or five episodes of this it's Garwood oh, yeah. section. But then, of and course, Garwood. in Garwood, yeah, and you can see him kind of in the two poses that they're you know in the two outfits that they're kind of known for, right. which is the racer and the mechanic. You know, the, yeah. the engineer. And so, but that's sitting, that's standing right out front of the uh, Algonac Historical Museum. Okay, it's a, it's a, it's a crazy. Anybody, anybody that wants a cool little trip for a day, if you've never been to Algonac, mm-hmm. go check out Algonac, especially in the summer. Mm-hmm. It's kind of, it's not the easiest town to get to. There's right. like kind of one road in, one road out. But that makes it nice. Yeah, and it's cool because when you drive in, there's like on either side of you for for miles. Especially if you've been listening to this show, on either side of you for miles, you see. The um the uh they call them the flats. It's the, you know the Saint the the uh the St. the 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 what are they the Saint Clair River flats, mm-hmm. which are like it's kind of like a you know kind of swamp, mm-hmm. but the, and they got these long you know reed like grasses yeah. out there, and there's ducks all over it. And you see yeah. what, that's where Chris Smith was building his yeah. original duck decoys and building boats. They yeah. were skirting around out there. So when you're like I say with the right pair of eyes, you can see the you know these people back in the day driving little boats out there. Yeah. And when a, you know when a guy went out there duck hunting, when the original guy went out there duck hunting, and he's driving on that like lonely path out there, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. and he's looking left and right, you can imagine there's all these little boats put- putting around. And the guy going, "Why is there? I've I've seen one boat in the last." Like six thousand miles, because the guy came from New York. I've yeah. seen like one boat anywhere, yeah. and then I get out here in this little town in the middle of nowhere, and there's like a hundred boats. <laughs> He's like, "What is going on yeah. here?" And you can so this I'm saying, Elginac's a great little town. You go out there, that's where boats were born. Yeah, you see, and you so you see the St. Clair Flats, and, and then you, and then as you get into town, it's a small little, it's kind of a small town. But but it's got this beautiful wooden pro, uh, boardwalk, you know. It's mm-hmm. got this beautiful little park, and then the park takes you. The park is like is part. It's integrated with the Algonac Historical Museum right. and that statue that we showed there. And there's a I think there's a couple other little you know maritime statues there. True. And then what's awesome is in the summer. It's all like wooden Chris Craft boats still yeah. driving up and down the river. You don't see that anywhere else. Right, right, yeah. That you have a you have vintage 1930s, 20, you know, 20s, 30s, whatever, 40s wooden boats, yeah. speed little speed boats. They have all different types going up and down the river. It's it's just the coolest little thing. They have great little art shows there. My yeah. I used to do the Elginac art show every year. It's and it, it was cool. Like I'd be selling books, talking about Gar Wood, and then in like wood boats, you know, driving around behind me. You know, yeah. it's, a, it's it's so it's really it's just a if you've never been there, at least go there once and check it out. You know, the museum's cool. It's kind of small, but it's they got some you know it's a cool spot, and um, and yeah, so it's it's yeah, it's totally worth the trip. And it's and that that's that is that is Gar Wood Graceland is, yeah. is the best probably the best way to put it. You know, I used to tell people out there too. I'd be like. This is my Graceland. That's what you said. Yeah. I used to tell them that because I like I love Garwood so much. Oh yeah, no, there's there there are some great little harbor towns. Oh, it's uh, it's cool. It's totally cool. You know, people listen wherever, however, um, you know, we get too Detroit centric, but uh, there there are just some magnificent places. Uh, 
to go and visit. I'm trying to find the one city. I can't remember. Um, but up in the UP, there's a, a little Cedarville. Uh, there's a little town called Cedarville. Huh. And uh, they have, um, there's a, a boat building school. Okay, so, so Colleen and I were, were looking at a, We were looking at a property over, property over there. And uh, so we drove up and we're spending the day driving around. And uh, we're, like you go to Marina now and it's like, you know, fiberglass boats everywhere. And then it's like, you know, maybe one out of 50 or 100, so like a, a nice old wood yeah. one. Up in Cedarville, you got 200 boats and maybe one is fiberglass. Okay, so that's like and that, it's, it's like, like Algonac too, where there's yeah, all a ton of wood yeah. boats. And it's, and, and and I, but they have a school that you can go and you can learn to build and, really? you, build, and you build your own boat. Really? It's crazy. It's, yeah, Somebody it's, else was telling me about another spot that had some wooden boats. So I don't want to hmm. say that Algonac is exclusively that, right, but, right. It, but that's just like. You know, but, but they, Cedarville is another magnificent like too. It, but, and it's like you're stepping in. It's, it's stepping in time. Well, going to the UP is like stepping in time. Yeah. Uh, and then you get to this and these vintage boats. It's like it's magnificent. No, yeah. It, it's so um, I, I love when I see those big uh, those sail those those old sail yeah, ships. You know, yeah, the, yeah. the rigs. You know, rigs boats. I love those. I used to see those up on Mackin Island. Every once in a while, you see them cruise underneath the Blue Water Bridge and yeah. stuff. Um, but I've got really one more quote I wanted to read. This is kind yeah. of like our wrap up quote. And it, it, kind of like I did with, I think I did it with Joe Lewis, but um, I wanted, basically I'm reading a quote from my own, but this is my own work. This is my sort of closure to Garwood in the book. Okay. And I, and I was kind of thinking, I was going to take a bunch of notes and kind of try to itemize. It's kind of like how I ended up with the Joe Lewis. Like, I thought I did a, you know, I, I'm kind of proud of the work I did. I think I did a pretty good job. Yeah. And um, so it's kind of like I want to read my own quote because it, because I, you know, I spent, you know, I probably spent when I when I wrote this, I probably spent a week writing it or something. Oh, you know? Dive on in, man. So because it, it, you know, and so it's kind of like why well, shred it apart and redo it here. Well, Just yeah, that's what I'm saying because it, because it's uh, you know, I, I put it together and it's Get it. yeah. So so I'll read my own sort of quote as a hopefully an homage. Hopefully I can be in this anywhere. I don't even, you know if I could be even in the same galaxy. Some background jams Barrett. while we do it. No, so. I don't think so. All right. <laughs> no, I'm good. <laughs> so so anyway, so this is my you sure. I got it right here. I know it's you on, do, but I'm good. It's on tap. Here it is. <laughs> no. a little feed in the duck. There you go. You want the little background? No? All right. No, all right. It's, it's not bad, but I, I, it distracts I just, me. I'm just, I know. I'm just messing that, with the first, the first couple times you had the, the the music playing, I was like. What the hell is this? I was like, I was, I was even making this throat slash. I was like, no. No sound. No sound back. So anyways. All right, here's, a, here's a wrapping up uh, final, some couple of thoughts on Gar. Yeah, so this is this is my this is actually my own words. This All is right. so this is the final you know uh, three or four in paragraphs. The book. Out of so my book. and by the way, people should pick up uh, the trilogy of books: Detroit City of Champions, uh, yeah, and you, then the Players One, the Players Two. Yeah, well, you can get the, you can get them all on DetroitCityofChampions.com. You yeah. can always visit me at uh, Twelve Oaks Mall or Partridge Creek Mall. And Twelve Oaks Mall is in Novi. I'm there like five days a week. Partridge Creek Mall is in Clinton Township. I'm there like two days a week. Cityofchampions.com, and he yeah. will ship it worldwide. But I do a lot of work in these stores because I can. I have basically my own little all those, store inside all those of the Brits, stores. All those Brits licking their wounds. What from what from? Oh yeah, from yeah. Gar from Gar kicking their butt. <laughs> that's but that's yeah. You so. can you'll send them you'll send them the sad yeah. the sad British story yeah. the, the vi- American victory. All right, go ahead. Yeah. So so anyways, okay. So um, but I was I was just saying like anybody that comes up to Twelve Oaks, you know, I'm there all the time. Come up and see because you can get the book strict. For, I got a little. St- my store is inside of a bigger store, mm-hmm. and I've got sort of a you know this this deal where like I work in there and I can do my own work in there, and I just have to ring you know some pesky yeah. customers up every once in a while, <laughs> you know. But so I get to do my own work, and there's almost like a research grant, so it's yeah, kind of yeah. cool. But uh, so, anyways, uh, so this is like again, this is my last couple paragraphs in this Garwood section. So, what's that background song? Uh, it might be the. Is that all? Oh, that's the AC. Okay. 
crazy uh, furnace. I going. thought you were kicking it with some kind of little like sort of white noise bass coming through. No, no, that's a crazy. Okay. So, anyways, all right. So, my last little bit. So, on April sixteenth, nineteen thirty-six, the Detroit Times announced that Gar Wood was flying in from Florida to be in attendance at the April eighteenth Champions Day banquet. Though he had not actually raced during the 1935-36 season, he was still in possession of the Harmsworth Trophy, and his, ex- and his exploits were so incredible that no one even had even dared mount a legitimate challenge. When Garwood actually walked into the banquet, he was a star amongst stars, and certainly worthy of his place on the City of Champions dais. But what, but what had he actually accomplished? Garwood was to speed what bolt, was to speedboat racing what Babe Ruth was to baseball. Powerful, dominant, dramatic, fun-loving, culture-changing, and iconic. Also like Ruth, Wood's exploits shifted the attention of the world towards his city to the benefit of, of establishing it, Detroit, as one of the premier locations for his sport, an idea which has resonated to this very day. What must be understood with regards to his importance on Detroit sports history is that he picked up where Ty Cobb and the early Detroit Tigers had left off. From 1909 until 1934, the Tigers only challenged for the pennant once in 1924, and there was a tremendous void of sports enthusiasm that was filled by the thrilling boat races on the Detroit River from 1917 to 1933. Not only did Wood continuously win the races, thus keeping them in Detroit year after year, he, kept Detroit, he gave Detroit a new swagger on the international sporting stage. In short, Gar Wood was a remarkable figure who took the Motor City image of Detroit and blended it with sport to become one of the most famous men of his time. Through his streak of victory, though his streak of victories was were incredible, his true success was in the creation of a powerful spirit decor among his men, which allowed them to happily push engineering boundaries and continuously ride side by side with death. Garwood defined the very meaning of dominance in that he so overwhelmed his competition that the trophy itself ceased to be a sought-after prize. Not until long after he was too old to compete, 1949, did the races begin again and the Harmsworth Trophy would, would remain in Detroit until 1959. Since that time, it has quietly changed hands only a few times across the world, and each person who has subsequently gripped its Philippine mahogany base carved from the first Miss America should consider themselves fortunate for not having been born in an earlier era, for they would have had to face the gray fox of the Algonac, Garfield Arthur Wood. There you go. So that's that's my little. Hopefully, I do a little justice to him. I, I think I think we did. I think we did. We uh, there was one picture I didn't bring up because um, you were talking about him uh, appearing at the banquet, and I had brought that up while you were talking about that. Yeah. So there's two um, banquet photos. There's this one. Then, yeah. It, that, it's, what I love about this picture is if you can look if you look close it, at it. Yeah. If people are. This is out of the book. It's um, not audio. Like, it's always yeah. They're in the book, which you should go yeah, buy. Yeah. So what it, what is and it? Or it's a check picture. Out the video. It's a picture of. Uh, Mickey Cochran sitting at a dinner table, and it's got a big tiger um, uh, tapestry on the wall behind him. Right, right. And every time you see that tapestry on the wall, that's a, that's a Detroit Tigers um, uh, 1935 championship dinner. Okay. So every once in a while, you see a photo, like just some random photo, like on eBay or whatever, like this, mm-hmm. and you'll see a picture of that tiger on the wall. That mm-hmm. was their. That was from their 35 championship celebration. Okay. So that's what I'm saying. So this photo, this was a Rotogravier out of a newspaper. The Rotogravier's only came out of Sunday editions. They were like the best, like the most like incredible photos ever taken. Okay. Just the highest quality of printing known to man. Like still to this time, day. Yeah, well, yeah. still to this day, they oh. they inscribe the photos. It's the highest quality of photo like that you can print. 
okay. because it's got like the, the when you see the when you see it, it like this is a replica and as I you know took a shot out of my, my own book. But the original photos in the newspapers are just they're just the most beautiful photos. Their depth of it is like just amazing. Okay. And so anyway, so this is a rotogravure from a Sunday edition and it shows Mickey Cochran sitting at dinner table and Gar Wood is there at the nineteen thirty five Tigers championship celebration. Mm. You know, this is a Think about that. This is a 1935 yeah. Tiger celebration banquet. And they, yeah. how do you score a ticket to that to that invite? Sure. Yeah, yeah. You know what I mean? There's not like a million people going to that thing. I mean, no. it's just, that's a closed group, right? I mean, so there's probably a few fans there and some some big wigs from the team and mm-hmm. stuff. But Gar Woods there, you know. And but if the great thing is, is if you look at Mickey Cochran's face. He's got kind of a look on his face where he's like, "Oh my god, oh my god, oh my god, oh my god!" god I'm Wood's talking to Garwood. I'm talking to Garwood, yeah, yeah. and it's Mickey Cochran. Yeah. He's the greatest, one of the best, <laughs> greatest baseball players that ever lived. Right, right. He's like, "Oh my god, what do I say to him? What do I say to him?" You know, like he's like actually kind of going. He's kind of starstruck looking mm-hmm. at Gar. You know, yeah. So that's why I love that photo. And he's, you know, Gar's wearing a tux. He's got his shock of white hair. Uh, so that's a great photo, it, and it, it's in my book too. If anybody wants to see it, you know, get the books. If you can't see it, that is, it's uh, yeah. So yeah. just uh, if you listen to the audio podcast, uh, sometimes it's worth a peek to take a look at totally. uh, some of these images. Uh, you yeah. don't have to see our ugly mugs. Yeah, uh, you but, can skip that but, part. Uh, can... Like when we were sitting there with the Miss America, that was worth a peek. Mm-hmm. And then uh, like this this one today. So there's um, another so there's another banquet photo too. Yeah, that has so the, so the other so the other banquet photo is um there's another one and this is from Champions Day. We okay. read in the, the yeah. you know that the in my quote there, um Garwood was invited to Champions Day and Garwood was certainly at Champions Day. And so there's so and he's I, honored on that Champions Day plaque. Totally, too. Yeah. totally. Oh, absolutely. Yeah, yeah, he's you know there's only a handful of engravings and one of them is a speedboat and yep. he's on there. And so you know, there's Gar Wood. He's the top photo. He's he's shaking hands with Harry Kipke, and he, and Harry Kipke was the uh, the uh, football coach for U of M. Mm. So he was like the Jim Harbaugh, you know, coach of U of M sure. in his day. He was a fa- very incredibly famous guy in his day. Mm-hmm. Um, and he's shaking hands. And he's got the same look on his face as Mickey Cochran. He mm. can't believe he's talking to Gar Wood. And the greatest thing is, is you, you might have to look. This is this photo is actually out of my first book. Right. And you might have to look a little bit. It's, it might be kind of tough on the, on the screen to see. But if you look in the upper right hand corner. If you see the guy that's like sort of, of photo, photo bombing, yeah, 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 if you yeah. see the guy who's photo bombing, the guy is geeked, dude. <laughs> the the guy is the guy is uh the guy is geeked. Oh my god, yeah. Look at his face. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's Garwood. It's like, I got oh a picture with Garwood. I'm in a picture with Garwood, and then it's and then it, that could you imagine that guy? I have no idea who it is. I don't think he's anybody like super. Okay. Because Champions Day there was 800 fans. Sure, yeah. There's 800 fans there, and you could buy tickets just from the local dime mm-hmm. store to get into Champions Day. It was 800 fans. In fact, the newspaper I got. Is from a, is from a guy. I told the story of the newspaper in the first like three episodes of the show. Yeah, but the guy, you know, the um, you know, Joseph Doobie got into the got you know went into this party and his grandson gave me this you know, gave me this newspaper. Wow. So anyway, so like anybody could go if you bought a ticket. Mm-hmm. So I mean, this is. You know, this guy, I mean, this guy is... I love the photo bomb, yeah. yeah. But can you imagine when this newspaper came out in the Detroit Times? It's like, oh my God. And this guy's like, I'm in it. Yeah. I'm in it. There's Garwood. I got a photo yeah. with Garwood. The guy's yeah. got to be thrilled, you know? Yeah. So he's just... And he's and the great thing is this isn't like a digital camera. This is a random... There's like a photographer taking yeah. a shot. And this guy knows that he's in the you know, in the shot. And yeah. he is thrilled. He's total photo bomb. Yeah. So I love it. And then there's another one at the bottom. There's another little... He, Garwood's got like a bite of food in his mouth, you know? Yeah. 
And he's sitting next to uh, um, uh, he's sitting next to Joe Carr, who's the NFL. He's the president of the NFL. And he's also sitting next to um, who's the other guy? Remind me, I've got his name in the bottom text. Who do we got there? I forgot. Oh, I can't see. You it. can just read the text. Read the text here. It says um, crappy eyesight. Albert Dole. Oh, yeah, it, yeah, Albert Dale. He's the, uh, the sports. He's the main editor for the Detroit Times. All right, that's right, Alfred Dale. Yeah, my 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 laptop. I forgot. In, my I laptop forgot. in front of me yeah. pooped out. So it's, yeah, uh, it's because there's a bunch the of room. other pictures too. I, because there's a because when I took this picture out of my book, I just put it in for this slide. There's a ton of other pictures where there's all these, there's tons. There's like Schoolboy Road, El Knocker shaking hands with all these different dignitaries and sure. stuff. So I, I forgot that I was, it was Alfred Daly sitting next to, yeah. yeah. But that's, but I mean, that's like, you know, there's, you know, if you would have, if you look at the other photos, there's like Gar Woods sitting next to Potsy Clark and, um, you know, there's there's all kinds of like they're all famous that sit at these tables. I mean, this is a galaxy of stars at this party. And and the way I wrote the screenplay was like when Gar Wood comes in, that's the you know, everybody's like, Oh my god, it's Gar Wood. Like yeah. he's here, you know, like he, they they all show like you know, that respect to him. Now my my favorite photo bombing photo is uh we're at uh, there's a restaurant right near here over in Berkeley on uh, 12 in uh, Coolidge, uh, O'Mara's. And uh, I went to high school with uh, Kevin O'Mara that owns it. His sister Shannon was my grade. Kevin was two years older my sister's grade. Anyway, but I've known Kevin forever and a day. But he's got the restaurant, and they'll do, like, uh, comedians and then, like, you know, s- smaller national acts. And uh, there's a band called Toad the Wet Sprocket. Yeah, I've heard of that. And uh, lead singer Glenn Phillips. And so he was doing, like, a little acoustic tour on his own, just Glenn on his own. So he's playing O'Mara's. And so we go, and I'm, I'm, we're there. I'm there with a couple, a young, another couple. Colleen's with me and uh, Jennifer and Spencer. And, uh, you know, we're just out, the four of us, having fun seeing Glenn because, uh, you know, Jennifer and Spencer love him, too. And Colleen's like, ah, whatever, for you know. Dinner and dinner and music. She loves it. So we're there and we're taking pictures. Uh, just the four of us, you know, taking pictures of ourselves the way you know people do. And uh, so when somebody was like, "Oh, well, let's take a picture of you," they're like, "Okay." So they're taking a picture of us. And Glenn was behind us with Kevin uh, before the show. And so just like that guy in that yeah. picture, I got a picture of Glenn Phillips photobombing us, oh, looking like awesome. that guy in that picture. That's awesome. Uh, and it was funny because we were there to see him, and he was like photobombing. He's he's very very cool. Yeah, so, yeah, yeah. Uh, that's cool. And that's like a that's like a you know. Three, two hundred, three hundred person, shoulder to shoulder intimate venue. It was cool to see him there. Anyway, so the photo bomb story. Yeah. That's uh, that's great. So I just this Garwood story though. I uh, it's amazing. And so the, the, really, like the last thing I wanted to say about oh, it, yeah, which is like I, I named this episode the you know pursuit of excellence, right? Um, because uh, it, that's a that's a term you hear you know, hear the word excellent, you hear excellence or whatever you know even maybe mm-hmm. maybe when you hear the word excellent or excellence you you hear um, you think of like uh, Bill and Ted's excellent adventure, like excellent sure, sure, or whatever, sure. right? But. Um, there's a there's a book and, I, and if anybody somebody recommended me this book a long time ago it's called the Greek Way and there's an and it's written by a lady named <laughs> I'm Edith, twelve it's written by a lady named Edith Hamilton okay. and there's another she wrote another book she wrote many books but the other there's the Greek Way and the Roman Way and if <laughs> like anybody that's a historian or anybody's looking for a book to read it's almost like found, you pay you pay a lot more for that what's that never mind go ahead oh but so but so the oh I guess I see <laughs> I'm twelve you. go ahead gotcha yeah 12. go ahead go ahead so anyways so they're just they're two like foundational type books that like every like they should make them required reading not necessarily for for high school but for college like right, they're right. they're they are this I mean you know we have like a tradition like Western civilization has a tradition that goes back to the Romans and Greeks 
and Greek way and Roman way are just absolutely like foundational type books. It just can take them from take them from me. If you're, you're, it's recommended reading for either book. But one of the things that Edith Hamilton talks about in the Greek way, which really is, I've, I is a lesson that you cannot help but just you know be immersed with when you read this book, mm-hmm. is this term, this phrase, the pursuit of excellence. Okay, and it's this it's this idea that, um. Is it's this idea that a person, um, that a person spends their life in pursuit of like their ideal version of themselves, in that ideal version of themselves, like the like what they're capable of, like the highest level of what they're capable of, and it involves everything. It involves the mind. It involves the body, like physically, like trying to get in the best physical shape, trying to get in the best mental shape, trying to be like, you know, when you make mistakes or, you know, you're learning from your lessons, you set goals, you reach out for those goals, you work what you put everything you have to reach your goals. You, you know, you become the best version of yourself that you can possibly be. It doesn't necessarily mean that you have to be the greatest athlete or the greatest, but just reaching, achieving the best version of yourself. Right. And it was a concept in, in ancient Greece. Um, it's, it was a concept in ancient, ancient Greece. And, um, and it, there's actually a term it's called a ret. And it's a, in it's in, in she, and it's this, like I say, it's this idea that, that the Greeks like, you know, created, and it's, it's called the pursuit of excellence. Whether you ever necessarily reach the final version of the best version of who you are is not right, right. really the important thing. It's it's kind of the pursuit of it, sure. and that you make your life about like trying to become the best version of yourself that you can be. And when I'm, and that's why I named this article this because if anybody can sort of, if you can apply that concept to anybody, yeah. it would be Garwood. Yes. Because this guy, you know, like in every single, like I don't know the, everything about his personal life. I don't know if he's like trying to be, if that was what the mantra that he necessarily followed. But at least in the world where it came to like business, where he you know maxed out, you know, he was like the richest, you know, thing. And But it's in particular with this sport that he clearly loved. Right. That there is nobody. I mean, this is a guy that you know, and, it, and not just him, but you know, like Seagrave and Kadon, and like all these different people that form this fabric. You know, Chris Smith and all these people that are that you know that that are, you know that form the this the fabric of this incredible tapestry of a story. Like this is like the pursuit of excellence is almost like if you were to make a tapestry of it all. Yeah, like it would that would be its signature phrase in the middle. You know, like they all were in pursuit, pursuit of excellence, and, and Gar Wood yeah. especially, like just epitomize it. Like, I mean, especially when he was in pursuit of competition. Yeah, like he wasn't happy. Like he wanted to compete, and even when the competitors failed, he was letting them look at his boat and see how they could improve because yeah. he wanted to race and be head to head and thrill. You know, I mean, you think that he minded racing against Hubert Scott Payne in a tight race. That was probably the best moment of his life. He was trying to. He was always trying to. He wanted to, to. He didn't want to just win for the sake of getting some trophy. That I don't think the trophy was in particularly that important. It was the. It was the fact that he was like competing and pursuing and you know leveling up his boats and the men were like 
Um, and that's really the story too. It's not even about the races themselves. Like if you look back and see that the amount of time we actually spend on the the actual races yeah. is minuscule no. compared to the way that the, of the engineering the and team the, the, and the, the teamwork and the yeah. all the. I mean, think about the and the, the, the working countless, and reworking. Yeah, and, and, that, and deadlines like, and yeah, yeah, you know, soldering a benzol gas mm. ga, an engine, you know, gas tank. That gas was, tank. While yeah, it's full, full of benzol, <laughs> and they're soldering it and they're pulling guys out when they're passing out. I mean, like. Yeah. Like that's what I'm saying. Like every one of it wasn't just Nestle Garwood, but I right. think that he epitomized this generation of you know boat builders and designers in the sport and the evolution of speed on water and all that. Like he was the guy. Like he is. He's the reason why we dive back into this era, into this story. He's he's like the sort of you know he is you know it's a it's a dark it's a dark world that's never really had light shed on it, and he yeah. is that flicker of light that you notice. That makes you go, what's that? And, you know, what's yeah. that? What's in the darkness? I want to see more of this. It looks kind of cool. That's and once it. you go into it, that's when you meet Seagrave in Wakefield and all of the, you know, and the car stairs, you know, all these different. Putting it all you know, on the line. And, and, and you excellence. see them all. You see yeah. this whole story of all these people and how they were all trying to do that. Mm-hmm, you know, mm-hmm. they were all trying to do that. I, and so I, it's it's, yeah. it's just that's what I'm saying. Like, and that's where you, I think that's where you find is the Gar, you know, Garwood himself. Yeah. Is an incredible story, yeah. but when you put all these people together around them and the and how it all connects in, it's it's, in a, it's just one of the best stories ever told, in my opinion. And it's in the pursuit of excellence. That's why I wanted to name this last episode. Yeah. That's why I chose that title. I, I, I use that in my classroom today in a slightly different way because I, I told you it's uh, um, it's my senior's last day and they're, and they're wrapping up a couple of projects and they're trying to finish something, and they're like, "Oh, I'm almost done with this. I'm gonna," do, and it's like, "Is, is this good enough?" And I'm I'm like, no, you know, no, we got time. Let's fix this. Let's do this. I'm like, good enough never is. Yeah. And so, you know, it's like, it, 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 we let's do it. You know, I mean, let's let's try to be as excellent as we can. Let's let's strive. Well, that's what for I'm trying to say. Excellence, like, good enough never is. You know, what I'm saying and like it's, it's one of like I have I have this quote on my wall in my bathroom in um and it's it's called the man in the mirror. And it's like it says it, the the general. I forgot. You know, even I read it like every day. I can't quote every line of it for some reason. But but it's a Michael I, Jackson song, right? Well, no, the man in the no, no, it's not different. That. Different. No, yeah, totally. You got it's, some Jackson lyrics up on your wall? No, 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 no. But you the, sure? No, I'm totally positive that's not <laughs> it because this is because maybe Michael Jackson <laughs> I, should have had the, this picture. This quote some. there be, because the because the quote there itself right. is fantastic because the idea is yeah. is that it's the kind of like the, the the idea of like to thine own self be true like. You like you might be the richest, most famous, most powerful person in the world. Mm. Every girl might love you. You mm. might walk down t- everywhere around. Everybody's telling you how great you are and all this, but none of it matters except for when you look yourself in the mirror and you say who you are. Yeah. If you are happy with you, yeah. if if you are satisfied with what you've become. And that's the idea is like you it's and that's like, I think that's like the you know the same kind of heartbeat as that pursuit of excellence which is that you know are 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 you on the path of of improving like the becoming the best version of who you are yeah and that's that's and like your as far as your class goes you know the you know, kids are kids or whatever like this they're learning yeah. or whatever but what I'm saying is is it's the idea that each of us are it's incumbent upon ourselves to try to become the best version of ourselves we that we can be. If not, 
then don't. Whatever. That, yeah. I, I'm trying to become the best version of myself I am. That, Other people, if you don't want to do that, then you want to sit around and just become the laziest, dumbest version of yourself, then do that. There's well, that's plenty, the other, that's plenty the other of people that do that, too. There's plenty is, of people uh, that choose that option, too. I tell them that, too. It's like, you don't have to be the best. You have to try your best. Yeah, exactly. Be the best. I want you your best from you. It may not be the best, and, yeah. and yeah, but I want your best. Yeah. If you give me your best effort... I love it. Yeah, well, and that's that's all that's all I ask for. But, my kids, but, is just try and try day, your absolute best. Yeah, but at the end of the day, it's like to to our own selves that we have yeah. to be accountable to, you know. And, that's and, and that's, they won't do and, it for themselves. Yeah, so They're baby birds. Well, they wanna, exactly. They wanna, they I, I wouldn't hold. Them, yeah, I wouldn't hold them too much. Like when I was in high school, I was a shithead. Dude. I was yeah, like, yeah, yeah. No, yeah. I wasn't. You know, that's what I mean. Like it wasn't even until I after got high right. school. It was I started taking you know trying to level up a little bit, you know, but. Um, but that, but that's, but that's the idea is that I just think that, I think that, 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 I think that if, you know, that that summary, like yeah. we, if there's ever like a movie, if we ever, you know, when we get a movie out about Garwood and, and all this whole thing, like, I want that to be like the title of an episode, like, because I think that it really summarizes yeah. who this guy was and who this era of people that like Jay Lee Barrett. Right. Jay Lee Barrett, you know what I mean? Like this guy, this is one of the best, you know, like this guy was just an incredible figure and one of the best writers, you know? So anyways, um, yeah, I just wanted to give a little note on that because, you know, I just, I love the book, The Greek Way and Roman Way. And somebody, and a very dear friend of mine who's since passed recommended those books to me a mm-hmm. long time ago. And it was like, he's like, you ever read The Greek Way by Edith Hamilton? I was like, he's like, The Greek Way of the Roman? I was like, no, I never even heard of him. He was like... Read them. Maybe a poster. Read the them. Greek way is the only way. I'll put that up in my classroom. I don't know about that. No, because, that probably wouldn't play. Because there's different. There's there's different components. I'm twelve. I I'm get twelve. You. I get you. I just this, I, I go things, lowest common denominator. And I take things literally. So. <laughs> um, but there's the, but the, but the Greek way. But they're, they're totally different, which yeah. is fascinating. The Greek way and the you know the Romans learned from the Greeks, yeah. but the Romans were totally different. Where the yeah. Greeks were about like trying to understand who they were and exploring like what art was and comedy. They were like inventing comedy and all these different things. Mm -hmm. And the Romans like took that from them. But the Romans were like, okay, now that the Greeks figured out, we can just be the most practical people on earth and just build. We want our art to be functional and strong. Like their, their art was like architecture and like road design, like city planning and road design and like functional, you know, that's like their artwork was actually like municipal development. You know, like the Romans are a totally different breed of human beings. So as I'm saying, that's what's so cool though, is that they borrowed from the Greek way, but they're like, well, the Greeks already figured out what do we got to think about? You know, we don't got to do philosophy. They already figured it out for us. You know, they just copy their thing and then, you know, do our thing, you know, (laughs) know? so so they're recommended books. If you ever get a chance, we're going to pull up the anchor. On that, and we're going to pull up the anchor on Garwood and sail along. And I just, uh, uh, I, I'm, I'm satisfied with. Uh, I'm think, I think we did. I think we did justice to I'm, him. Uh, that, that I'm was satisfied a, with the Garwood story. I am I too. Appreciate it. So I thank, too. thank everybody. I hope you're satisfied uh, if you've been listening along and enjoying this. We uh, truly appreciate everybody who takes the time uh, and shares uh, time with us as we as we roll through these stories. Uh, do those podcast things in those podcast places. Like, yeah, subscribe, share, leave a like, comment. Yeah, leave a comment. And, it all uh, helps us, man. That tell really a does of help. Friends. Yeah. Uh, podcast uh, your voice, uh, dot com is uh, the website. And then Detroit City of Champions. 
is a website. Yeah, share. Try to get a friend. That'd be great because our numbers are starting to grow a little yeah, bit. Yeah, that was a, like every like you know every. We every had a big person, listenership week yeah. last week. No, we did. Neat. We it did. It's, it's been starting to pump up a little bit, and we know that you know it takes so time it to get it going. And so what, thank you. But once we start to grow, it starts to exponentially. My grow. mom told uh, all her bridge buddies. So it's, oh, that's uh, great. Yeah, yeah. No, I pass. She well, doesn't play bridge. Well, I pass flyers out at our store all the time. So hopefully, <laughs> got a couple of viewers from yeah. the store listening in and. Um, but uh, but but I think we were talking about a little bit and talking about how at some point in the future we may expand out to doing just a, like some you know some a little bit more general Detroit sports history sure. some of the cooler some cool stories. But we got a lot more 1935 well, we got a ton to go. More. We got a ton so, more to go with this. Yeah. There all right. Not, once again, no means exhausting. Thanks for being with us, and uh, we'll do it again next. We're gonna stick it to the ground next time. A little golf. Put it on the tee. Yeah, that's it. All right, Detroit City of Champions. It's a podcast.